if you have intentionality with no skill to express the intention, then what are we doing? Now you have to result to a lesser way of creating. And, you know, we get shitty art. We get excuses. People saying, well, oh, this art was about this, this and that. And the art you know is some bullshit. Mm. But they can hide behind it because society and the culture that we've set as creatives and as gatekeepers of the space. Now he can hide behind the fact that I really can't paint. I don't really have the skill set that I need to be able to express the ideas that I would like to express uh, with a spirit of excellence. So I just do it, you know, the best I can and people will buy it because they're shallow and, you know, it's about a market and an investment. And if you're a good storyteller, you can really capitalize on being a good storyteller and not having any creative talent, not having any creative skill, just being a good storyteller. Welcome to another episode of Tone the Ford. I have with me multidisciplinarian artist, Grambling graduate, SAIC graduate, beautiful human being. Awesome brother from what I've seen so far. Blake Pierre, how you doing, man? Doing great. Excited to be here. Good, good. I'm glad you're here, man. I, um, as you know, when we, when we first met a month and a half ago or so, I was sitting there listening to you talk about your work, man, and see how connected you are to, you know, yourself and, and how that shows up through your, through your art. And I was like, I need to have a deeper conversation with this brother. So I'm, I'm adding the fact that you connected to your work, that you're black, that you're young, that you a man. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to have a conversation, man. Yeah. Um, how you feeling? Feeling great. Good to be here. Feeling blessed. Yeah. Feeling excited about the future. So, okay. Yeah, I'm feeling good, man. We've had some real, uh, cool conversations, you know, behind the camera before yeah. we started recording, man. And um, I'm excited about getting people to know more about you and your process and, and your journey. But I, I, I wanted to start with what triggered me in your work. And that's your storytelling, man, what your relationship is to what you're communicating what you're creating, why you're creating it in that way. And it really just centers around you wanting to express yourself and various emotions and subconsciousness and, and, and spirituality through not just your art, but what you, what elements, what materials you use to make it. So talk to me a little bit about your journey to get to the point to where you've synthesized all of this now and this is how you want to speak moving forward yeah uh it was definitely a long journey like you said i went to grambling state and when i was at grambling state i actually started painting my sophomore year uh my major was psychology 
Okay. And so that's that's definitely what I was interested in, but I didn't understand how deep my talent went with art. You know, I I just started creating art my senior year of high school is when I had my first art class. And so I created a little bit there. When I got to Grambling, I was still creating, but it wasn't serious. And um, I remember making two pieces. It was a piece of Jimi Hendrix, and it was an abstract portrait piece that I did in my dorm room. Mm. And I was like, man, I, I'm pretty good at this. I want to see how far I can take this. So I remember changing my major, and it was a big deal uh, because I, I knew nothing about how to make a future in art. Okay. All I knew was I had this talent, and I think... I can sustain myself financially with this talent and really go on to do some big things. So I did change my major. And uh, ultimately, I went to SAIC for a post-grad program, stayed there a year, and uh, I learned a lot. I learned a lot as far as conceptual art. I was exposed to the museums there. Um, I was in the museum faithfully. Uh, SAIC Museum is across the street from the school, and I was able to look at a lot of the greats and see how they were creating and just see how people would respond to the pieces. And so that ultimately shaped the way that I wanted people to engage with my work. And it got me thinking about the intent behind my work a lot mm. more. So I would say after that, you know, I, I got into a couple of schools, but I wasn't happy with the financial packet as far as how much money I was receiving. And so uh, I did not choose to go to SAIC. I got into a couple more schools, but not as much scholarship money as I would like to have seen. Okay. And so I'm like, okay, I'm creating all this work to get into these institutions, to get into certain galleries, to get certain showings. And when I thought about all that, it's like, yo, you're not making the work, though, that God intended for you to make. You're not making the work that's true to you that's you know, expressing who you are and what you came to do and how you came to change the game. You focusing on getting into an institution. And so once I finally realized that, I changed that and I started to make work that was reflective of me and reflective of my spiritual path and my walk with God and how I move, then things started opening up in terms of how I was able to create, how ideas were flowing, and um, just the way that I perceive things now. So, now I remember when I was, you know, reading up on you, you drew cartoons when you were younger. Yeah. And then you kind of, you know, you come from a sports background. Your pops, I believe, played football. Yeah. Okay. And then you played. Was your natural disposition as a kid to create? And then you went to the. So I did Sports a little piece? bit of everything as a kid. Um, I was a huge Dragon Ball Z fan. Okay. <laughs> so anime, right. you know, that was a big influence. Ultimately, I didn't really have a love for drawing. It was just I wanted to recreate that cartoon on paper. I saw somebody do it in class, and I'm like, yo, how did you do that? And he was like, I could teach you. And so that's really where my drawing journey began. Okay. I started doing that. Little did I know it was going to take me to the point I am now. But it started... Very innocent like that. Just wanting to recreate what I saw that I was inspired by. And over the time, I picked it back up, you know, maybe a year later, then maybe two years I'll go without doing it and I'll pick it up again just to see where I am. And so it kind of went like that for me. Um, but to answer your question, I was extremely creative. I loved drawing. 
But it's like we were talking about earlier uh, with outlets in black communities. It's like that wasn't an outlet for the environment that I was in. Like there was no drawing club. There was no yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. art show at school. Yeah. So yeah, 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 the yeah, yeah. avenue I didn't even know existed. All I knew was Van Gogh, the guy that cut his ear off. Yeah. You know, and you know, he crazy. And I didn't see a future in that for myself. So once I got older and um, I went to SAIC and I got that experience, that's when I really truly understood like, okay, you could really make money from this. I'm, I'm meeting people who are making money in this now. I'm mm. seeing the different career paths that you can choose to make a life for yourself doing this thing and to be able to influence people positively and express yourself creatively. So it took a long time to be able to see other people who were successful and who looked like me who Yo. were doing it. Yeah. You know, so once I found out about the Kerry James Marshalls, the Kehendes, uh, you know, the Alma Thomases, uh, the people like that, Hank Willis Thomas, all those people, then I started to realize, like, okay, I could do this. Now, which, what, what I felt was unique about your story is the integration of the shadow work into your work. Right. And I'm, I feel like I'm an old guy sometimes. Yeah. And when I watch young people, younger people, I should say, move down a, a path, I'm always excited to see that and to understand how they got to that point at right. a younger age. Obviously, times are different than, you know, the 80s and all of that old kind yeah, of shit, yeah. 90s. But um, you seem like a really well-connected dude to your internals, yeah. to your spirituality. And you've got an idea on, you know, what you need to work with. You got a close relationship with yourself. That's probably the best way to say it. Um, what was the process like for you to get to that point? Most people I know who are in that have like gone through a bunch of wild shit and yeah. they're like, you know, I gotta figure out what's going on. I'm burning down too many bridges. It's yeah. too many ladies that don't talk to me no more. It, it, it's something that gets them to that point. And you know, you don't have to go into detail or anything mm -hmm. like that, but I'm just curious to know like how, how you got to that point so early. I would say, hearing from God at, from a young age and continuing to hear from God throughout my life, even in times where it didn't make sense. Mm. It's like I could be at a party, uh, drinking, you know, doing this and that, and then I'm starting to hear from God. Then I'm wondering, well, is this God? Because I'm not doing nothing godly right now. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah. uh, and just things like that continually happening over the course of my life, asking certain questions because I'm confused and frustrated about my life, feeling like I'm not where I need to be. And the convictions in my spirit of where I need to be are so strong that truly this has to be coming from something higher than myself. Um, and so to answer your question, it just comes from a lot of, um, you know, getting alone by yourself and asking certain questions and then doing the follow-up to get those questions answered, searching, you know, doing the research, trying to surround yourself with people uh, via the internet 
who have figured those things out in life. And it's like, okay, well, what can I draw from him to take me further on my journey? And so I think we talked about uh, a little earlier, my study on Carl Jung's work, just a lot of uh, psychology and understanding the mind. That's something that has always been important to me. And um, I think ultimately that's just my path. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to enlighten people uh, or raise people in consciousness in that way. Shedding the light on the fact that we do have to do this internal work and it is done within the mind. And uh, you know, looking at effective ways to approach that process. And so I see Carl Jung as an avenue um, I see a lot of other things, not a lot of other things, but a few other things that are necessary. But when we talk about shadow work, it's really about going within and looking at the things that are going on internally and seeing, okay, well, how is this affecting me outwardly? Yeah. Because as above, so below. As within, so without. So if we understand that, we can understand or get to some answers as to why things are looking the way they are. And uh, then from that point, after observing those things, okay, well, how am I going to approach things differently from here on out? How do I shed a light on that and change that about me that I don't like, and then put something in there that's going to actually produce a different result or bring a different fruit? And uh, so that's really my journey with it is, really just looking at my own life and seeing, man, I want to be the best I could be. Yeah. I feel like I'm here to get the most out of myself. I'm noticing that everybody around me does not feel like that. And so I'm realizing I'm really going to have to take this serious because it's a fight to get to that because it seems like your environment is trying to pigeonhole you or stop you from getting to that. And when I say your environment, Bible talks about dealing with principalities in high places. I deal with that. You know, that's, I feel that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just about recognizing those things, calling them out, and then moving accordingly. And realizing that this journey, yeah, it is going to be tough. It, you know, it's not going to be a cakewalk. Yeah. But you have to commit to figuring those things out, doing the research. We live in the information age. Yeah, we do. The information is out there. You had a spirit of discernment, you could get to a lot of knowledge and growth quick. Yeah. You know, growth that you couldn't usually get to in the, you know, like the 70s or the 60s. Or we didn't have this abundant amount of information. Even when the internet came out, I remember the amount of information that was on the internet when you asked certain questions 10 years ago versus now. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. light years away yeah. from what it used to be. Yeah. And it'll continue to grow in that capacity. So it's just about recognizing that and utilizing the tools at your disposition. When you ask yourself a question and you get an answer you don't like, mm -hmm. what do you do with that? Or an answer that I didn't even know, like this didn't even fit what I thought about the thing. So where is this even coming from? And that's when we talk about, like, how did you get into this space? It came from moments like that. Just being somewhere, and then you get a thought, and it's like, well, yo, I wasn't thinking that. Where did that come from? Now you got to go do some research, because that's not, you, you, that kind of threw you off, right? So now you're realizing self-awareness. 
you have to understand that you are not your thoughts. Okay, so that's one piece of the puzzle. Then something else happens. Then you have to go research that. Then you realize something else. And then you start to connect dots faster. Now we rolling. We getting somewhere faster. Are you critical of yourself in that process? Very. Okay. Very. Um, sometimes I feel like it's very hard. It's like an impossible task, especially in this day and age. Yeah. Um, but then I have to realize I'm here. <laughs> you shining, brother. You. I, mean, I wouldn't be doing it if it yeah. was an impossible task. Yeah. God wouldn't have given it to me. So I have to realize that, you know, there are things that you're doing that are hindering the speed of the process. And then it's like, okay, well, how do I get rid of those things so that we can move faster? And, how, and, 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 and who's, who's defining the pace? And, and is, it, is it our pace or is it the divine's pace? It depends on who you are and how connected you are. If you connected with the divine and you're moving at his pace, and if there are things that, if there are obstacles in the way that are slowing you down, then you have to remove those obstacles. That's a hard thing to do. People don't like removing obstacles. People like staying where they are in their consciousness. You know, people like staying, you know, I'm in this city. I don't want to move here. God telling me move or, you know, I'm getting the unction to go here and do this with my business. I don't want to do it. I got a whole family. What you mean? Go back to school at 35 years old with, you know, two kids. And so it's very hard, especially depending on where you are in life and how connected you are. Some people are not as connected. Yeah. So they're just not going to move. You talking about do this X, Y, and Z. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. So with me, though, when I get a message like that, I, I, I can't ignore it because I know I want to go and I know I can't get that by myself. So you're, so you're, um, I want to make sure I'm clear on what you're saying. So, when you get the message, mm -hmm. you, you've got a strong enough relationship to your intuition and what you're being compelled to do that the, the time between getting the instruction and doing it is shorter. Very short time period. And that, that comes with years of experience, though. And so years of not listening. Right. Okay. I want to make right. sure. Right. Yeah. You. <laughs> so, you know, when I say experience, like you have to, for one, you have to even know what the voice is. You have to know where it's coming from to just obey it. I don't even know what it is. First starting, I don't, I'm not sure that I know what this is. So now I have to go do some research. Now I've done some research. Now I feel a little bit more comfortable about things. Um, and then from that point on, other things will happen that you may not truly understand or be able to make sense out of. For example, you could have a dream about something that's giving you instruction on what to do or how to handle a certain situation, but that don't mean that you trust the dream. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you know what the dream meant 100%. You could have about 80% comprehension of the dream, but it's like this 20% that you're struggling with. I don't really... So it just, like I said, that comes with experience. Seeking knowledge 
to bring into that into that decision making process and then been able to move faster because you've done some research on you. You've done all you could do on your part. Now it's a little easier to heed to divine guidance. It's a little easier to hear a random person on the street tell you something about yourself and just be able to recognize like, yo, he's right. Like I may not have liked the spirit from which it came from. It may have offended me as a yeah. man, you know? Yeah. I may have wanted to fight at the time, but I have to acknowledge like God spoke to him. He, he's right. And it's like I said, that takes experience. Yeah. That takes a lot of trial and error. Um, how does that process inform your work? Uh, I had a conversation with uh, an artist named Jamia Edwards, and um, she told me, like, yo, you have to integrate your spiritual practice with your artistic practice. Like, right now, you have them separate. And if you combine them, you'd be a lot more successful. I didn't know how to do that at the time. I had no idea how to do that. It took probably two years of her planting that seed in my head and then me figuring it out to finally make the transition and to be able to walk in what she was telling me. So that goes back to what we was talking about with the experience. Like sometimes you get an answer uh, or you ask a question, you get the answer, and then you have to get to that space to where you can actually walk in you know, the answer that you were given. I don't even know how to do this right now. Yeah. So there's some work I'm going to have to do on my part to get there. I had to do all I could do to figure that yeah. out. But once I figured it out, now we can move a lot faster. So I want to sit there for a second. Because I think that's important. Some, we're doing things that we don't know how to do mm -hmm. so that we can know how to do them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's like you have to go before you know. Yeah. And the not knowing part oftentimes prevents us from wanting to go. Right. Which is where faith comes in mm -hmm. and resilience all, all all of the things that we've been promised as human beings and um children of the most high mm -hmm. and we we lose we lose sight of that sometimes because of that because of that unknown right And really what I'm feeling you say is, you know, we were talking before about skill and intent. And the, the piece that we're talking about here is actually intent mm -hmm. from what I can kind of like perceive right. it to be. It's not just enough to go paint some dope shit. Right. It's... How do you give that meaning? What, and, and, and I feel what gives it meaning is your relationship to making it mm -hmm. and what's driving you to make it. Right. 
what level of awareness and intentionality you're put into making it. Even if you go in with the with the deliberate intention of not having intention, even that was deliberate. Right. But it's how what is your relationship to the process of it? And when you don't understand that piece, I mm-hmm. think sometimes for people who make stuff, a lot of what we're doing in the beginning is emulating the things that are around us. So right. let me go draw what's already been done and yep. all of that. Cause it's like the idea that we can do something different. Like we, that, that's a new muscle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I felt when I saw your work and when I saw you talk, I was connected to your intention. Mm-hmm. And when I went and looked at some of your older pieces, I saw the depth and the growth of, of your work and what you had done. And like, like even now, like I couldn't see you talking about this stuff back then at the time, but right. just looking at the work, I could tell that there's more intention and what it is that you're doing. Do you, do you feel that way when you're making it? Feel well, well. The intentionality deeper? I think, um, no, not all the time. And that's where you have to know your relationship to self. Why am I doing it? Why am I doing the thing that I'm doing? And then what energy was being expressed through this? So in my work, I can go in it with an intention to express X, Y, and Z, but because I leave room for subconscious expression, sometimes that's not always where we end up. Sometimes we end up in a very different place and we've expressed something very different. And a lot of times that's where the best artwork was created when we left room for flow. And so to answer your question, I always go into it with an intention. That intention is just usually expressed in a different way than I would have imagined Mm. that I visualized for the piece. Give me an example of that. If you can, I painted a, a portrait of Christ. This was like uh, maybe 2017. I was in college. Uh, So this is an old portrait that I had created. And I was painting over it because I I was going to paint something new on it. And I was just going over it. And then I started to realize, yo, this is really dope. (laughs) This looks dope, you know. And it Mm. was very abstracted, the face was. So it went from this picture of Jesus to this abstracted portrait of Jesus. And then the meaning was just so much deeper than I could have come up with, you know, on my own as a concept. I just drew so much more meaning from it then than I did when I created it with my own intention all those years ago. So it's leaving room for God to be able to express through you, through that subconscious. And um, 
ultimately you come out with much doper work, much doper work. So how do you how do you tell that story in that piece? As it relates to intention. How, how do you how do you tell that story? Because you've got the skill and then you've got the intent. Right. And you went in with this piece, but you also left room. And the dopest work you said is found when you leave room. Mm-hmm. And you always got to leave room. Right. So is it about intent? Not really. The intent guides what you're doing, but that room for that creative energy to just flow through you like a channel, that's really what you, you, you're doing it for. In my opinion, to make some of the best art that's what you have to allow for, that space. How do I become a channel for something bigger than me to come in and express itself on this canvas or this, this wall, this mural that I'm creating or this sculpture that I'm you know, creating or this fabric that I'm weaving? How do I leave room for something, a much bigger consciousness to be channeled through me mentally and physically and outwardly on this 3D object, how do I bring spirit to the material, physical world? That's ultimately what art is about for me. All right, so when we talked before about skill and intent. Right. The intent, because I feel like I'm getting stuck on that word. Mm-hmm. Well, the intentionality, you have to have something to inform the art, right? So you have to... You have to guide it in some way. It's just like when you go into a meditation, you'll be taught to go into it with an intent. You have a question, ask the question to receive the answer in meditation. Uh, You want a revelation on something that you read, you go into it meditating on that word, and then you receive the answer. So it's like you have to guide the mind in that way. And so, yes, you always have an intention to guide the mind. Okay. But once you guided it, then you have to be smart enough to get out of the way and let it come through. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. How does skill and intent mm-hmm. when you go to school what is school focusing on? <laughs> uh, so, undergrad is very different. Most professional artists are going to get MFAs, and in an MFA, you usually go to an institution that's either extremely conceptual or extremely skill-focused. And neither one of these approaches are good approaches because they're fractions of the whole. So I went to a school that was extremely focused on concept. Very free, very interdisciplinary. Um, And that was great for me at the time because I was an interdisciplinary artist. You know, I was into expressing a lot of different ways, but it was very bad in the fact that I also wanted to be the best draftsman that I could be. I wanted to be able to 
draw extremely well to be able to express what was coming through my mind. And they weren't giving me that skill. I wasn't being equipped with that skill. Mm. And so there are schools that you can go to that focus solely on that. We all about skill. We all about the old master techniques, all about the best drawing techniques. And we're highly focused on that, but they aren't as focused on the conceptual component. These are two polar opposites. With both of these options, nowhere in the picture is business talked about. Is <laughs> <laughs> public speaking offered. Yeah. It's not in the equation. So you're only dealing with fractions of what should be a holistic education on how to be an artist. And really, that's, those are the only options that we have at least the option that's most used in our society today. So which side is, so the conceptual side. That's the intent. That's what, that's the intent. Right. Which is more important? That's the thing. They're both equally as important. If you have intentionality with no skill to express the intention, then what are we doing? Now you have to result to a lesser way of creating. And, you know. We get shitty art. We get excuses. People saying, well, oh, this art was about this, this and that. And the art you know is some bullshit. Mm. But they can hide behind it because society and the culture that we've set as creatives and as gatekeepers of the space. Now he can hide behind the fact that I really can't paint. I don't really have the skill set that I need to be able to express the ideas that I would like to express um, with a spirit of excellence. So I just do it, you know, the best I can and people will buy it because they're shallow and, you know, it's about a market and an investment. And if you're a good storyteller. You can really capitalize on being a good storyteller and not having any creative talent, not having any creative skill, just being a good storyteller. So you get a fraction of what was supposed to be. Mm. And I think that's a big issue with the art world now. We have uh, people who never trained under a muralist creating murals. We have people who never got or people who never took drawing classes who are drawing portraits. Um, and then you have abstract artists who are trying to create abstract art, but they, they don't value the skill of drawing. It's important no matter what, you know, form of art you choose to create. And so you're just dealing with artists who were not fully developed and don't even have the space to fully develop because now they have to go make money. Now they're yeah. in the real world. It's too late now. 
Yeah. You're 29 years old now. You want to go get an art class? Yeah. You got a family to feed. You got two kids. You know what I'm saying? You got you got got debt now because you went to a school that couldn't support your artistic growth the way they should have been able to. Mm -hmm. And you still haven't learned the skills that you need. So you're a dope artist, but you can't articulate anything because they didn't focus on that. Or, you know, you could draw extremely well, but you don't know how to storytell. It's equally as bad. And so you're dealing with a lot of people who aren't eating, who aren't making money because they're very good in the area of storytelling, but they're missing all the other components. They're very good at drawing, but they're missing the other. So again, we have fractions of artists. Do you think knowing specific historical figures within art is important to your to your artistry does that does that inform the work that you is it helpful for your current work to be informed and understand what some of the older folks were doing it's extremely important to know what artists before you were doing and how they were making and how they were thinking but it should not dictate mm. your making and your thinking and your creating and uh that's the problem. A lot of people just copying processes and nobody is free thinking. Nobody is, I won't say nobody, but many artists are not thinking, they're not creating with a free spirit. They're thinking about a market. Um, it's just a lot of issues with that. So ultimately, history is always important. You need to know uh, what happened before you to know where you're going, obviously, but you have to be taught how to be an artist. And um, that's something that it's an issue for the art world. Now, when you were, when you were talking about conceptual versus skill, mm -hmm. and you can have a lot of concepts and ideas, but you might not necessarily have the skill set to bring them forth. Right. Is that what led you to work with more uh, materials? No, uh, ultimately I worked on my skill, but I had to do it individually and that was the thing. So you just have to be disciplined and work on those things. The materiality comes into play when I focus so much on skill that me personally, I'm realizing that, oh, I need to focus more on my intentionality and more on the conceptual side of what I'm doing, bringing more meaning into the work. So the materiality for me, I'm able to express a lot within it symbolically uh, that I can't just with, you know, a paintbrush and a canvas. It's, it's, it's much more expressive to use materials to be able to communicate certain things. So uh, yeah, for me, I use material that way. So, and you also use your fingers. Yeah, everything. Fingers, palette knives, brushes, um, you know, glass. Um, there's nothing that I count out of the process. But, but that, so I guess you make these big, um, I don't know what the hell they're called, dude. Circles, yeah, spheres, yeah. <laughs> and they're beautiful. Uh -huh. I'm gonna put some up. Yeah, um, and some are made out of different types of crystals. Mm -hmm. 
Is that new for your work? I would say relatively new. Okay. Been doing it for like the past two years, playing around with it for probably the past three. What drove you to want to start working with crystals and, and creating those pieces? The symbology in them. Um, crystals are oftentimes used for uh, um, healing in certain communities, so emotional healing, uh, spiritual healing. Uh, but what I noticed with the crystals is they all mean something symbolically and they all carry a certain energy within them. And so for me as an artist, I'm looking at it as a way to be able to express something that's spiritual or mental in my work. And so for that reason, I look at it as a great tool and uh, the ability to be able to create talismans with mm. those objects. Yeah, and have the art actually be a meditative tool if you know what you're doing. You use the word understand a lot mm -hmm. in the conversation. So I want to try to understand mm -hmm. what understanding means to yeah. you. Because this word has come up a lot in a yeah. lot of my previous conversations with okay. other folks. And it's uh, something that I've been that I've devoted a lot of energy mm -hmm. into, as well as the acquisition of knowledge, which helps inform your understanding of things. Right. So um, what I want to know from you is how far do you think understanding can get you as an artist? And what do you do when you reach that point? Mm. I think ultimately it depends on hmm. it's like I said it's, it's most important that you allow that creative energy to flow and you don't have to really have a lot of understanding about the history about you know the correct terminology used to express what you're doing about how to express yourself publicly or verbally in order to do that. Some people just flow. They're just creative and it just comes out when they hit that canvas. Uh, you know, they're making that sculpture or that pottery. They can't put two good sentences together, but they can create. They dominate in that space. And so I think it's only important when we're talking about a market and being able to promote yourself to sell yourself as an artist because ultimately you do have to eat and you do have to present your art to the world and in the society that we live in today the public speaking component and the intentionality behind what you're doing is very important to a lot of folk yeah so you know in that regard i would say it's important for your success but it's not necessarily important to create some dope work yeah you know, <laughs> yeah. it's not as important, you know. Because I think what I'm, because the shadow work and the artwork are synonymous mm -hmm. for you. You integrated them both. Right. And 
I think what I probably, I think as you're talking and what I learned about what, what's resonating with me and what you're saying is the idea of the understanding mm -hmm. and the acquisition of knowledge to like inform. And what I've found in my experience is that um, I'll use, and I even still do this now, by the way, and I'm thinking about something very specific. I just had a conversation with somebody two days ago and I was like, get out your motherfucking head. <laughs> Stop bullshitting. And I, cause they're patterns, right? Mm -hmm. To a large degree. Like right. the work is never done. Um, never. But to go out and get more knowledge and do more research to learn about something, th some certain things is really a, uh, a tactic I use yeah. to not go when I know I needed to go. Mm. As I got, as I, as when I was younger. Yeah. And so I knew what I needed to do. God spoke. Uh. <laughs> he said, he said, go left. Right. So eh, let me go do some more research just to make sure. Mm -hmm. And then I'll, 80% of the information will say go left. 10% will say go right. And the other 10% will say stay still. But I need more people. I need more people because I really don't want to go left. More, excuse me, more confirmation. Through the process of doing that, I'm in the way. Yeah. The answer's already been told. Right. I'm either not trusting myself or I'm hiding behind this acquisition of knowledge to be like, oh, I need a little bit more data. There's something I'm working on right now that I need to just do. Stuck in limbo. But I want to try to go get more research right. when I need to just go do it. So With the piece of all the work being integrated and the understanding element of it is um, just getting better at like just trusting what you know you're supposed to do. Because there are certain there are certain times when I've hit not being able to understand what I've been told by God to move. And I've used not understanding to not move mm. because I need to understand or right. I need to do some more research. Not saying this is you. I'm just saying it's my, I'm just sharing what kind of like my um, process has been like for, for, for similar, you know, sorts right. of things. And what I've, what I'm getting better at, I'm not perfect, is just when I'm told, just, just fucking do it. Mm -hmm. Just go and not see the result as bad or good necessarily, but just as an opportunity to glean more about what you need to glean more about, or just even sometimes just getting in a habit of doing it. Yeah. Um, Cause I like, I like the integration and that's a lot, you know, some people come over here and think it's just a podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm integrating a lot of things yeah. to try to make sense, understand. And then I'm also trying to just get in the practice of just integrating things so that when I can shorten that time, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I'm mumbling, but that, but that was just my, my thoughts about the piece.
What's next for your work? I would say ultimately just staying on the path that I'm on now. Uh, I feel like I'm just getting to a point where I've successfully integrated my spiritual path with my artistic path. And so it's just focusing on that from here on out and, uh, you know, pumping out a lot of work, continuing to inform my practice with research, study, meditation in that regard. But uh, just working, man. Working. You got married last year. Yeah. You an artist. Yeah. Full time artist. I'm an educator as well. Oh, you are. Yeah. Okay, so you okay. Um. The make money piece is real. Yeah. And that I do makes it even realer. Yeah. How you managing that pressure? I would say um, it's not that much pressure. Uh, okay. As an educator, I have a steady check coming in. So that part of it is eliminated. The stress that I have is like I know that I'm capable of being at a certain place and I'm not there. How do I get there as fast as possible? Mm -hmm. It's always going in the back of my mind. So that's the pressure I feel. Um, not paycheck pressure. Right. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So it's, it's a different pressure. It's still, you know, it's just as annoying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's something that you have to deal with. But ultimately, I'm not at a place where I'm hurting for cash and now I have to create something just to get by, you know. Um, so it's just um, balance, you know. She wants your time. Obviously, I'm, I'm busy doing a lot of things. I'm educating. I come home. I'm tired. I still have to create. Still got to work out. Still got to do my research. Still got to meditate. You know. Yeah. Um, still got to, you know, figure out ways to get over the loopholes and obstacles that society has set for me, you know, by way of shitty food and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, bad economic, you know, practices and things of that nature that are being... Um, you know, influencing my environment. So just really taking control of my environment and, you know, being the 13, they say Christ sits outside of the circle of time and space, really internalizing that, you know, being able to be in a situation but not allow the job, the pressure of making it in, you know, art, the pressure of doing this as a husband, not allowing all of those things and voices to affect my now. Yeah. And how I'm thinking and how I'm moving. Uh, you know, being able to find that inner peace and move with wisdom in that way. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a constant journey. That's a challenge, man. It is. It's the beautiful part <laughs> it for is. people who create is that that is, a, it, that is an outlet, you mm -hmm. know, for that for that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it can be, it's therapeutic, you know, especially if you've got the relationship that you have where it's integrated, you know, some people see it as work. Somebody else could see it as work, but like for people like us or whatever, it's like, oh, this is where you go in to do a different kind of work, to mm -hmm. like deal with the pressures of life and just what it means to live as a black man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, where it becomes hard is when you let 
all those voices come into play. I got to make it by this year. If I don't do this, yeah. I'm not successful. If I don't, you know, all of that, that's harmful and it can affect your practice in a very negative way. It can make you not want to create because yeah. you feel like nothing that you're creating is popping the way it should. It's not coming out the way I need it to for me to be in this show or this gallery. Like all of that, you have to counsel out as noise and just, like I said, focus on the now. What am I doing right now? Right now, we're focusing on expressing this through this artwork. That's all we're going to focus on and go into that space. And it's a process, you know. Uh, it's, it's not easy, like you said. It's, it's a journey as far as mastering that space and being able to counsel out all of the noise, but getting much better at it. Dude, you made two pieces mm -hmm. that are my favorite. Yeah. Based on what I've seen. And I got to ask you about them. Okay. First one, the one who walks his path. Mm. You remember this one? Yeah. Talk to me about that joint. Yeah. So uh, the piece, if you look at it, he looks like he's kind of looking off into, you know, deep thought or meditation. And, um, it's ultimately about navigating that space in your head, that space in your physical reality of doing those things that are necessary for you to be who you were called to be, for you to walk in the purpose that you meant to be walking in and dealing with the obstacles that come with that path. And, uh, you know, how do you overcome that? How do you come out on the other side a diamond? Um, so those are all the thoughts that went into making that. And then how can I express that with the paint, the color, the material? And so I use a lot of vibrant paint in that piece. I use glass, um, things of that nature. So he looks, I don't know if defeated mm -hmm. is the right word, but he definitely looks like he done been through some shit. Some shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I wanted that to come through because that's real. You know, yeah. we, we a lot of time we show the pretty side. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, man, it's not no easy thing to do. To commit to your path and to be able to walk it and constantly eliminate those things that are hindering your speed and walking in that path. And uh, it's a tough process, but ultimately it has uh, some colorful fruit. Yeah. Are you, uh, you more at peace with yourself now that you've been walking in your path? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still often... Yeah, I'm, you you always going to have questions about things, especially as an artist. That's just the way our minds go as yeah, creatives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's something that I'm learning to navigate. But being able to ask those constructive questions that I know are going to bring a lot of wisdom in once I get on the other side of the answer, and then dwelling in the space between the answer with more optimism, more joy. And that's something that I had to learn, you know. That's something that can destroy a person. You asking a question that you don't know the answer to, you don't know where the answer is going to come up, if there's an answer for it. 
you may fear the answer, but you ask it anyway. You're brave enough to ask it anyway and then trust God for the answer. You know there's an answer. But in that space, you have to feed your mind in a way that allows you to still operate your day-to-day successfully and with a certain amount of joy and a certain amount of optimism uh, and not living in a, a anxious, yeah. worrisome mind. And that's yeah. something I have to learn. It's like that's being in I have the, to learn. It's like being in the boat. Right. In the storm. And everybody wowing. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is there. Calm. Yeah. It's just like you just got to, like that faith, that faith thing is huge. And I think the best, ex- I feel like the best way for us to demonstrate our faith and trust is to walk that path. It's almost like the, I was having a conversation with my brother the other day and I was like, Jesus still went to the supper, bro. (laughs) He still went. Yeah. He knew what was going to happen. He didn't show it on his face. But he had to go. He had to go. And and we all have that version Mm -hmm. of that level of faith to our path that we've got to move with and take. And, and we trust. all have our cross to bear, just like he did. Just, and, 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 we, and we're not bearing it. Yeah. We're, we're not. And I think that for a lot of people, myself included, mm-hmm. that that's where a lot of the anxiety comes in is because, like, we lack that. We, we lack that. We talk about faith, right? We talk about forgiveness. We talk about love. We talk about all of this stuff that's high-level shit, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like when you really put that into practice, That's some different shit. It is. It's, it's different. And not only is it different, most people are not willing to do that. Yeah. They're not willing to do that, you know. Yeah. They'll go to church. They'll go to mosque or whatever. You know, they go to, they'll read, maybe, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, because 80% of people not doing that. And even when they are, they're not reading with the true translations. Yeah. They're not taking heed to the information. But to really... Know what you came to do and really walk that path and bear that cross and the things that come with that, that puts you in a whole nother lane. Completely different lane yeah, from other does. folk. And, and when you got black people, mm-hmm. black men doing it. Yeah. For real. That's a beautiful thing to demonstrate to other black people, bro. Yeah. You know, and you know, for somebody like you who had options, sports and some other things, like you picking this path, that's a blessing for another person to sit and witness, man. And like our lives, like is similar to the work, isn't ours either, mm-hmm. you know, to a large, you know, we're here to be of service to something bigger and greater than ourselves. Right. Now the question is, what is your relationship to that process? Because even if you, like you said, the space between, that's the answer. Yeah. When you really think about it. It is. Look, I'm just now getting there. Yeah. (laughs) The character part, that comes into play. That's the most important thing. The whole idea or goal, you should say, 
one of the biggest goals is to have that character in those moments and to be able to bear the fruit of that. Even in the midst of trial, in the midst of everything going crazy, in the midst of not seeing what you were promised, having to hold that integrity and that character in that space. Once yeah. you can master that, that's what it's really about. Yeah. And that's when you move on a different type time. Yeah. 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 I'm glad I asked about that piece, bro. Because that was one of the ones. I got yeah. another one. You think you think you think you know what it is? You got a gang of oh, pieces, bro. so you like right, right. I'm looking. I don't know. <laughs> Colorful soul hidden in chaos. Mm. That's actually the piece I was talking about. Which one? With, with the with the with the Jesus? Mm -hmm. That's the one. That was a whole different piece. Whole different piece. Uh, so, like I said. I took the piece, originally I was gonna paint over it and I had a whole concept for the piece that I was gonna create. And I was just in my dorm room, bunch of guys in my dorm room, we chilling, hanging out. And uh, they like, yo, that shit hard. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, this is. So I kept doing it and um, I'm working on it. And I'm realizing like, this is the piece. And so, like I said, you have to leave that room for higher consciousness to be able to channel through you, that creative expression, expression to flow through you. And um, I did with that piece, and that's what happened. It's beautiful, dude. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, and it... It's... Um, It's what I call art, like in the genuine sense of the word. It moves, like if you can make something that moves someone. Mm -hmm. And there was something about both of those pieces that I just felt moved by. And I know that it's something in me that I see in those pieces. Yeah. And then you go and you look at the name and then you see what they called it and you're like, oh wow. And then that adds another layer of meaning and relevancy to it. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes I just feel like a colorful soul, bro. Yeah. Hidden in chaos, like in my in myself. And I'm how so? I'm curious. I'm still trying to resolve the contradictions of myself and really embrace all the parts of who I am. Hmm. And that's, and that's difficult for me. Yeah. And I find that I'm having difficulty. I know that once I unlock that for myself, I'm going to be able to do that for other people. I'm right. a very judgmental person just in general, bro. And, and that's because I'm judgmental towards myself. And there's like this little boy or like this, this, this beautiful being that's covered under a whole bunch of bullshit. Mm -hmm. And I'm spending so much time judging the bullshit that it's hard for me sometimes to see what's underneath it. 
and I've tried to judge the bullshit. I've tried to clean it up. Right. I've tried to act like it doesn't exist. And I know through the answer that that's also a part of who I am. And that maybe if I pull back, I can see it all as a beautiful soul. And, 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 and so I'm in a constant state of this that, uh, uh, micro and macro type of thing. Looking at the little boy and looking at the shit. Looking at the little boy, looking at the shit. Looking mm. at the little boy. And that's the work. And I want to I want to I want to be OK with the dance, with the flow of that. Yeah. Um, I, I hope that makes sense. It does. And that's what I, that's what that shadow work, bro. Yeah. <laughs> You're describing it to a T. Uh, the whole intent behind the piece, or at least what was expressed in the piece, you describing it to a T. That's what it was about. And ultimately, what you describing, uh, the process in which you looking at this micro level and then looking at this macro, that's exactly what I do, bro. Mm. That's exact. So that we're all doing it. It's just we aren't talking about it. Hence the word shadow work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's in the shadow. Yeah. Everybody's doing it or yeah. not. Those people, they just not seeing the growth. Yeah, yeah. But the people who are seeing the growth, no, they're doing the work. They're just not openly talking about it with you. And so the people who are willing to vulnerably talk about those things, you're helping so many other people get through those spaces in the mind because so many people dealing with this, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's this is true. what we're here for. So if we can put words to something that's going on in their mind and make it real for them, people not, you know, people to realize that they're not crazy, that the conversations and the visualizations and uh, interactions that they're having with themselves are beneficial. You know, if you're going through this process to come out on the other side whole, that's the work, bro. Yeah. And that's what we have to do as creatives and as people with a platform is to shed a light on that. I love that piece, dude. And yeah. knowing that it started with Jesus mm -hmm. makes it even colder. Yeah. Makes it even colder. Yeah. Because it makes me... But That's a part of that storytelling and that tent. Like, it's... Jesus is in all of us, even if you can't see it. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty in it. Like, we are here because of God. Obviously, something higher had to create you, but we walk around and we forget that. You know, um, I'm guilty. Well, I won't say I'm guilty of that. I would say that I'm guilty in acknowledging it in the way that. I should be acknowledging it and then drawing others to that same conclusion, you know. Uh, but ultimately, that is a lot of people's story, a colorful soul. That's a lot of people's story. They got God in them. You know, they, they have a beautiful persona, a beautiful soul, only if they will allow it to come out and play, to come out and be heard to come out and be expressed. But a lot of times 
people allow their environment to dictate, people allow, you know, their parents or their brother or their sister or their cousins or the auntie or the person at the job or the person who lived down the street that's always judging you. Uh, we allow all of those outside voices to come in and dictate space for your soul, mm -hmm. to dictate how God is able to express itself through you. Mm -hmm. So that's what we have to work on.